This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal Stories of Soccer Legends, narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly. Yes, that's me. I'm Brandon Kelly. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look at some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapino, and many more. Each episode will focus in on the historic plays and personalities that make this sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing all right, Josh. I'm ready to talk about fantasy, not reality, <laughs> fantasy. No, no. I have moments, uh, especially on Twitter, I had one today where I was uh, just looking at Riyad Maris's face and thinking about whether he had put on weight uh, over the spring or whether he... Uh, he was just getting rounder in the face the way all of us do as we get older. And <laughs> I like tweeted this out and I was like, is this like, I don't even know what this fantasy content is, is anymore. It's just like me talking about any, like literally anything. It's like, it's like the exact cliche about Twitter, which is like people like you go in there to like tweet about like what you had for breakfast or whatever. Sure. Uh, that was me just like musing out loud about Rhea Mars' face. And by the way, the answer is still unknown so if anybody does know please <laughs> email us always cheating at gmail.com it's, it's not even the right email address is it hail cheaters at gmail.com <laughs> i'll throw let me throw let another know. face at you josh because i actually had this exact same thought while watching the newcastle west ham match and they showed kevin nolan on the bench consulting with david moyes nolan is like mm -hmm. a, a part of the assistant management staff and nolan yeah. too has that face where like it's clearly kevin nolan but it's it's like somebody stretched it out a little bit and his, his <laughs> neck is a little and it's like uh, no shots at all at Kevin Nolan. I'm sure he could still take yeah. me in in a heartbeat. 
in a, yeah. in a in a pub brawl, a bar fight for sure. But looking a little rounder, my friend. You think he's going to have that silk scarf around his neck soon? You know, to cover the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the wrinkles. Well, there was an assassin movie starring Kevin Costner, yeah. and Kevin Costner was like, "I'm actually too old to uh, to be in an action movie, so I'm going to wear this scarf and a hat the entire time." <laughs> yeah, it's like Jose Mourinho looks like that now. That's that's kind of his look when he's <laughs> when he's not like in like you know crummy track pants or whatever. Okay, Josh. All right, fa- so, fantasy, so, fantasy. Yeah, what are we talking about fantasy. today? Yeah. So we're talking about Game Week 34, which kicks off on Tuesday. So we're going to be really focused on that. This is not going to be one of our more philosophical podcasts. This is a uh, a day-by-day look at Game Week 34. It's on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's actually one more match to play, uh, which is tomorrow, um, uh, Spurs host Everton. So uh, we'll probably treat those teams a little bit lighter, and they don't play till Thursday anyway. So that's what we're talking about today, Game Week 34. Game week 33, however, just to quickly check in on it, it's nine-tenths of the way completed. Uh, it is a, it's an unusual game week. Uh, Benno said, I feel like this is one of those game weeks where we should just keep calm and carry on. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know about you. For me, it was one of those weeks where I felt pretty happy with my team, and I'm a little surprised that I'm on a red arrow right now. I'm on 61 points, which... Uh, 17 points above the average. Uh, I brought in Mason Greenwood, uh, which, which, unless Dominic Calvert-Lewin scores a hat trick tomorrow, will be um, a very effective transfer. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. I, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not that I haven't gone even higher. But I think a lot of that comes down to whether you went with Bruno Fernandez or Mo Salah um, as your captain pick. I don't know how this happened where I had uh, like a good four or five weeks with Mason Greenwood earlier in the season and suddenly now everyone picks him up and it's like he's trying to beat Raheem Sterling to Real Madrid now. He looked, <laughs> yeah, he looked fantastic so against Bournemouth. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, yeah. uh, caveat, it's Bournemouth, but wow, he looked great. So that was that was a great pickup. I'm I'm also above the average as I was in game week 32 and on my second red arrow in a row. I do have Calvert Lewin left to play against Spurs, so hope upon hope that he can do something to to help me break even. The yep. stupidest thing that happened to me was right before the game week 33 deadline. I was just very lax with my transfer policy this week and I was mm-hmm. lazy and I decided I was just going to wait until I went to bed before the deadline to make the transfer after the price rises as our, had already happened. I had yeah. just enough cash to move Grealish to William, which was my planned move. Got into mm-hmm. bed, went to make the transfer before I turned off the light and saw I was 0.1 short. So... <laughs> I feel like we we've all been uh, we've all been there over the years. And I just yeah. thought, you know what? Screw this. I don't have time. I'm just going to burn four on a bench defender to get my to get my money. But you just get Pulisic. I mean, you know, point, I mean, it, you know, worked out. I mean, William was the goal scorer. But Pulisic, I feel like was uh, he was, you know, you could have you could have brought him in without burning four. Uh, no, I could not have because William they were both at 7.1 by that by that point in oh, time. And okay. William gotcha. has already risen, risen again. Risen again. I see. Yeah. Gotcha. He's gotcha. he's he's on fire in the in the market. So that mm-hmm. was that was the faux pas. So yeah, I dumped, of course, John Egan. Um <laughs> you wouldn't have so just, you just, started him anyway. I, yeah. I I would not have. Just just hilarious foibles. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm I was fairly happy with my team and my team performance and Beno Beno is saying keep calm and carry on. Yeah, it's like every all 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 of these good things are happening to us. The problem is that the good things are happening to everyone, which is making it harder yeah. and harder to get the green arrows. And 
It just seems yeah. the order of the restart is you have to find a differential. You have to find somebody who's going to catch fire before everyone else cottons onto it. Yeah. And and I think sometimes, you know, I mean, and by the way, my red arrow is, I mean, I'm down literally 900 spots. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain, you know, to, I, I'm not even complaining. It's all, it's all good, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's pretty minor and I have REA tomorrow. So I, I think I probably will ultimately end up on a, on a, on a small green. Maybe it'll be a bigger, maybe, maybe Aurier will have what, two goals, a clean sheet and an assist tomorrow. So that'd be what, 21 points. Uh, so once he gets that, it's a big I'll be feeling, you know, pretty, yeah, you know, it's not, it's, it's medium size, Brandon. It's mm-hmm. not too bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, but you know, it's, I think sometimes what's interesting is that when you talk about, um, when you talk about, uh, red arrows and green arrows, um, you're, t- you know, you're often talking about overall rank. Uh, but in mini leagues, you know, I actually had a pretty good week in some of my mini leagues, you know, and, um, and you know, captains are kind of the same way too, where it's like, when you think about your captains, there's the captain who's popular overall and the captain who's popular in your mini league. Um, and for example, for our kind of main one, the one you and I have been doing for, you know, 10 years, it, we all went sala, you know? And so it was sort of, there were, there really was a window there in the end. You know, if you'd gone with Bruno, you would have nine points up on virtually everyone um, in yeah. the mini league. And I think that, um, I think as you get down the stretch here, it really, you really have to start trying to get inside the head of the people you're playing against, you uh-huh. know, and, and really try to, I don't, you don't have to be in like, like full Maverick. Like I, you know, I thought about Mares as a captain for this game week and, you know, he finished on one point. So I dodged a bullet there getting six from Sala. But, um, I think that there are, you know, opportunities to zig a little bit and, um, I don't know. So, I mean, you know, I just think it's interesting. Like it's, it's, it's so interesting the way, like there's like kind of like the Twitter fantasy template. And then I have found that in my experience that my mini leagues often look very similar and they're not necessarily like exactly what, everyone else has mm-hmm. but for whatever reason within our own kind of little band that we all kind of have the same team like we all seem to have like the same midfield right now we all we all have rashford you know like none of us have marcial it's like a very weird i'm sure other people have like similar things in their own mini leagues too where it's like maybe in those like everyone has marcial and nobody has rashford um mm-hmm. but it's just it's weird yeah um so anyway yeah one more match to go and uh another one kicks off just just two days after that and it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's great having all these matches all the time. And I was actually, I even had a moment yesterday where I was like, God, I'm going to be kind of sad in a few weeks when we don't have matches on every, it's become such a nice way to break up, uh, working from home all the time. You know, uh-huh. it's just having these, having these matches on them. Like just let it last forever. This is great. Um, so, you know, so, <laughs> we will, yeah, it's, we will have wild. to let these boys yeah. get some sleep at, at some point. The, these players, yeah, uh, I, I, I sure. I'm really curious to see how the next season restarts. Um, if, if they try to do it in September, what kind of break they do get. Cause this, this could kind of just operate as a, as a kind of a intense preseason warming up for, um, for the, for the next season. However, you have to factor in some kind of transfer window in there as well and get those new players up to speed. So, so that's interesting. So you were talking about mini leagues there, Josh. I think that that is a good point for us to talk about the league of leagues, the always cheating super league. We've got the, the live top 10 here prior to Spurs Everton being played. Uh, from 10th to first place in the always cheating super league. This is our public league. That's free for everyone to join in 10th place. It's Alex Coates, followed by Ben Veer, Jake Turner in eighth, followed by Will Smith, Malty Wannerskog, uh, Lars Jorgen Bernstein in fifth place, fourth place. It's Christopher Scow, followed by Lucas Matthew, Adi Monsieur in second place. And in first it's pre drag Jurek, uh, Winchy United. 
So, uh, and he, I think last we checked, pre-drag was around like 40th overall in the world. What's his, what's his current OR, Josh? Yeah, that's a great question. It requires me to quickly jump 32, Brandon. He's 32 wow. overall. Uh, yeah, that's a 50 points. Uh, so yeah, Alonzo, oh, so he'll have Calvert Lewin in for Alonzo. That's, oh, and he'll have Duncan for me. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's looking pretty good. I think in the end, uh, I feel good about pre-drag. Uh, he certainly, he's also, um, just, just, you know, if we want to go all in on this guy, uh, he is also, uh, he's number two in Serbia. He has dropped from number one to number two. So two of the top 40 managers in, uh, in fantasy are 30, 30 managers, uh, are Serbian managers, Brandon. So That's is this amazing. the new, is this the new Greek FPL? Uh, I don't know. We'll soon find out. Uh, just by the way, a quick note, um, just, we were talking about this a minute ago, but just in case anyone's curious, the green light, um, assuming this is still accurate, this is from a month ago, um, the Premier League gave the green light to start the next season, the second weekend of September. So Saturday, September 12th, and Sunday the 13th are the uh, official opening days of the 2020-21 season. So I guess that'll be about seven weeks or so um, after the season ends. The I think the season ends the last week of July. So yeah, so that's, that's seven weeks. It's not so bad, I guess, yeah, when you factor yeah. in the three-month, the three-month, um, you know, um, shelter at home, uh, situation. So totally. anyway, we'll see. I don't know. It's, uh, let's, let's hope some fans can maybe be in the stands by the spring, but you know, that's, uh, Oh, I love it. It's, it's like a, a re a rebirth yeah. of sorts in the spring. Okay. Before we yeah. jump into our game week 34 preview, a little plug for our Patreon, our exclusive weekly podcasts are back. So we have two podcasts every week, one that you're listening to right now, and then an exclusive one for our Patreon supporters. Every game week during this restart, nine prizes in nine game weeks. Shout out to Fran mm-hmm. Burke, who was our Patreon winner for game week 32 plus. He had the high score in our uh, in our Patreon mini league. If you want to say thank you for what Josh and I do every week, just support us and get some more FPL content in return. Vis- visit patreon.com slash always cheating. Find out how you can get those extra podcasts. Get into the prize league. Access our Slack for more FPL strategy chat. Josh, thank our new Patreon supporters for this week. I'd love to. Pookie patrons, Matthew Ganwa, Frederick S. Morrow, Paul Sant, Lord Zoloth patrons, we got a bunch of them this week, David Newell, Tom Cadman, Julio Texiera, James Harrison, and Benjamin Galansky. Thank you to all of our new patrons. And as Brandon said, if you want to access, you and I have been doing these uh, these Kitchen Table podcasts together uh, all, all throughout the summer. And so we're going to keep doing that uh, through July. So uh, if you want to hear us talk twice a week, and uh, we're actually talking about doing some guests too, Brandon. So we'll uh, keep you posted on that. Uh, we've got a patreon.com slash always cheating for that. Let's take a break and get right into the Game Week 34 talk. All right, Brad, we're back. Game week 34. We're going to take this day by day. We've got a few questions uh, for each each match, uh, or I, I guess the teams that are playing in those matches. So uh, Tuesday kicks things off. We have uh, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Watford, Norwich, and Arsenal, Leicester. Not huge fantasy-wise, I would say. Um, I guess you have, you have Chelsea, um, and I guess Chelsea is the only team where you'd see a lot of ownership. I feel like... Uh, yeah. Everything else is pretty low, certainly Watford and even Arsenal to a degree, although maybe we're starting to think about their uh, defenders a little bit. So, uh, you know, what 
Well, let me let me kick things off with a question here, Brian. Okay. Uh, KJ KJ says uh, Pulisic having three FPL penalty assists in a row to William. Is this some kind of record we should be making a bigger <laughs> deal out of? That is, it is like I was thinking about this yesterday, or maybe it was today, and I was thinking about um, I got no, I was thinking about it today because I was watching the Newcastle match with, with Saint Maximum, and uh, I was thinking about uh, how it feels like. It surely can't be true. Like there have always been fast players in the Premier League, but with Pulisic and Traore and St. Maximin, it feels like you have this kind of like the rise of the like super speedy winger, you know, uh-huh. and it feels like this is sort of uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's really a trend or if you just have a bunch of young ones right now who are kind of exciting and interesting, but I like it. And like, it's, it's fun. Like those players are just super fun to watch. I agree. The winger is like one of the most uh, exciting positions. You failed to mention though, Wilfred Zaha, who was actually doing this before any of these people. And I think if there is a record right. out there to be broken, uh, that right. Pulisic and William might be onto, it would be the Zaha to Milivojevic connection, uh, which is <laughs> That's true. Not, not been yeah. all that hot this, this season. And man, Zaha, like, he he must be so inside of his own head, just like Pulled undercutting full, his tra- transfer value with every passing match. Pulled a full Ryan Fraser, you know, just could not get the could not get the contract stuff out of his head. Yeah. And you know, speaking of wingers and players who play on Tuesday, I mean, you could add Saka in there too, who was the yeah. uh, the the goal winner and the match winner in the uh, Arsenal uh, Wolves match. It was a pretty good match, actually. It was kind of a like a genuinely kind of interesting match. Uh, okay, here's surprised here, Arsenal won. Here's a good exercise. So Palace Chelsea on Tuesday. It's winger mm-hmm. Zaha versus winger Pulisic. Arsenal, mm-hmm. it's winger um, Saka. Was it Saka you just said? Yeah, Saka yeah, versus Saka. Harvey yeah. Barnes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, those are all in their own ways legitimate fantasy assets. Sandwiched between those fixtures is Watford Norwich. And I want to quickly ask a question about this match while we're previewing Tuesday. Arsenal Mm -hmm. FPL asks, is it worth targeting Norwich for the rest of the season? Troy Deeney for game week 34? (laughs) So I don't know of any pacey wingers on Watford and Norwich that come to mind. And the idea of targeting Norwich for the rest of the season, and Norwich are, are truly awful, who do they have? They have Watford, West Ham, then they meet uh, Chelsea in game week 36, followed by Burnley and, and Manchester City. I yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to target Norwich here with uh Watford players and just end up with a team junked up with Watford players. It seems like a plan destined to fail. No, I had two coming on my wild card, and that was very much too too many. And uh I mean it was great. You know, having, having uh Foster outscore Pope by fifty percent this game week was was huge. Um and I'll always have that that extra point that he scored, um, the three versus two. Uh but Brandon, that, they all count, you know? And I'm gonna slowly claw away at the mistake of not but they are the same price. Like it was crazy for me to go <laughs> foster ever both. Well, um, we so we, we learned yeah. a lot from that that Burnley v Manchester. Well, we thought we learned a lot from then that Burnley Manchester City uh, match to open up the restart, but clearly we didn't. We learned all the wrong things. Yeah, I think Deeney was uh, to take the question seriously for a second. I Deeney is falls in that category of player who just did not 
come out of the break ready to play. You know, uh, Jota's in that category. There's a few other ones. The forwards are the ones who are always kind of in the spotlight just because they get the chances, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, really, it's the entire Watford team. Um, and uh, having even one – I mean, they look so – Oh, I mean, you know, just like go to our Twitter feed to see my thoughts on Watford. I, 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 they spill out even when Watford aren't playing now, Brandon. It's like I just uh, the torrent of abuse uh, that's, that's coming Watford's way uh, from our Twitter feed. I, I can't even stop it at this point. It's just it's just flowing out. <laughs> can of only me. hope to contain it. <laughs> yeah. So they, I mean, yeah. I mean, who? I mean, honestly, you, you could target Watford just the same way you could target sure. Norwich. Yeah. yeah. Um. So somebody had done it. I think it was. Uh. Uh. uh Neil from Fantasy Football, Scott, he had a tweet yesterday that showed the performance of it was either the bottom four or the bottom five teams in the Premier League since the restart. And like of all of them, Aston Villa is doing the best with two draws. And it's just wow. everybody else has lost every single game. And maybe there's like one other draw in there. No wins at all. It's just a like just a sea of of, of red uh, all the way through <laughs> the bottom teams. And it's just kind of it's kind of shocking. I mean, really, I, you know, Brighton were like right there, too. And, you know, they were just a little I think they were maybe 16th or something like that. And they mm-hmm. won that Arsenal match. And it was like, OK, it's that's, you know, they won, they beat Norwich today, too. So they're almost, you know, 99.9% safe now, you know, and right. uh Similarly, that, that West Ham, that West Ham three points against Chelsea could have yes. saved their season right in that that single match, which is incredible. And then, then to get a point against Newcastle this weekend, I mean, they're they're almost out of it. Given what you're saying about the the very bottom three teams, I agree. So yeah, I feel yeah. like the less time we spend talking about Watford and Norwich, the better. I feel like we probably <laughs> didn't give Pulisic and William yeah. their due because the Chelsea midfield really was the talk coming out of game week 32 they delivered yet again this weekend so you opted to go for Mares in that that fourth third fourth midfield spot and you bypass Chelsea midfield going into game yeah. week 34 how do you feel about rectifying that are you just going to try and ride your yeah. luck with Chelsea yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I mean, Mares is home to Newcastle. He has been starting a ton, um, and now he has played a combined ninety minutes um, across the last two matches. Not very much at all. And unless I think that he has just suddenly lost all favor uh, with, with Pep, which I, which seems unlikely, um, then I, I I just find it hard to believe he wouldn't start, um, again, you know, at at midweek. So, yeah, I mean, you know, so in hindsight, like I probably, I may have overthought a little bit and I probably should have just brought in one of William or Pulisic, but, um, I, I, you know, I'm okay with my reasoning there and I think I'm just going to have to stick to my guns now and, uh, and hold Mares and, and, you know, as tempting as it would be to bring in a, a Chelsea mid. Yeah, right. I thought William looked fantastic. Both Pulisic and William looked fantastic, so you should still be encouraged by those picks. William mm-hmm. continues to impress. I mean, he just picked up points off of a penalty, but he had some great looks at goal in open play. Yeah. He's taking the set pieces. Foster, Foster had a very good save on him mm-hmm. late in the game. I don't know if you remember that. He really should I do. Have a race. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I think he's a great pick along with Pulisic. So we're we're nothing has really changed with Chelsea. Just think with this Crystal Palace fixture, Palace haven't looked amazing, but they always had this threat of showing up and out-organizing their opponent. So it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a captainable fixture to me. And, yeah. of course, it being one of the opening fantasy fixtures, this is like the 
the rule that we speak about a lot. Like you, you have, you have a great opportunity to kill all of your game week joy by having a <laughs> captaincy veil in this yeah, palace yeah. Chelsea fixture. There's just too many other good matches later on. I mean, Man City at home to Newcastle, um, Liverpool away to Brighton, Man United away to Aston Villa. I think all three of those are, are, are really appealing fixtures. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's just, it's, it's kind of just kind of tough to, to captain somebody for, for, you know, that first match when there's so many good, good matches to come. Uh, I, I am looking at a man. We're, we're going to get to Wednesday in a second here, but I am looking at a man city, uh, captain pick. Um, and so I actually think Wednesday is where we have most of the bulk of our questions. So anything else you want to say about Tuesday? I mean, Arsenal Leicester, I think, um, should just be a fun match. I, 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 you know, I think that Arsenal's defense has looked a little better. I'm not, I'm still not looking at, you know, bringing any of their, their players, uh, their fixture run is not great either. I mean, I think Martinez would be fine on a wild card. It's just so cheap. Um, they represents good value, but, um, you know, they play Leicester and Vardy finally got a brace. So yeah. What do you think about Vardy as like a full on, like, like against the green differential pick down the stretch? Maybe, but I do think that that brace sort of flatters to deceive. I mean, his first goal, his first goal that he scored, um, against palace was off of a slip from mamadou saka yeah so it was it was a bit of a gift and the his his second goal was like at ver- at the very end of the game just on a great run after palace was just incredibly tired i i still feel like the real leicester city is the leicester city that is having a lot of trouble scoring so i am hesitant mm-hmm. to chase those points from Vardy over the weekend. I oh, I mean, we've been talking about how strikers are just a really difficult position to fill right now. I mean, Jimenez isn't exactly delivering on all of our confidence in him. We've talked about mm-hmm. dumping Aubameyang, the other half of this fixture, because the fixtures yeah. are just quite bad for Arsenal. And Arsenal, similar to Leicester, just they don't have that attacking potency that we need to pay the exorbitant prices for these players. So I think if I'm thinking about both Aubameyang and Vardy, uh, while they they might have opportunities to score in this match, I don't think the cash is worth it just for what we've seen from those players for the rest of the restart. I mean, worth it, no. Um, but if you want to be different, um, which which comes with ma- major risk, obviously, and uh, can obviously blow up in your face, but um, with five weeks left, I don't know. I mean, the thing about Lester that, and I, I, I think you're exactly right, but just like to, to, to throw out the other argument, you know, I think the thing about Lester is that they do have something to play for it on the stretch. Um, you know, they are fighting for that Champions League spot. And so he's probably going to start every match. He's probably going to play 90 minutes like he always does. Um, it would be fun, even just on a short-term punt to have him for, God, you know, Brendan, I'm, okay, how about okay. this? You're talking yourself into this. I like it. Well, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking here. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> So I am, I'm considering maybe moving Salah out this game week and it would free up some cash and Rashford to Vardy for game week 35, uh, away to Bournemouth. Uh, mm-hmm. that would be a real bold and cheeky captain pick right there. Vardy, Vardy away to Bournemouth. Yep. That could be a yep. real rank, rank buster. So something to think about. Yeah. I think it is worth sort of underlining the differential factor with Vardy and that born the fixture and this is the point of the season where a lot of us i mean i'm sitting around 300k right now if i have any if i have any angle at improving my or i've got to find that differential so vardy does offer that it's like 
do they play better without James Madison in the midfield now and Telemans? Telemans was like beaming during that uh, Crystal <laughs> Palace fixture. Yeah. He seemed to be really yeah. enjoying his football. So there could be encouraging signs. I think you're right. If it's a wait and see, if Leicester show up and put in a, a performance against Arsenal, then I do like that differential shot looking ahead to Leicester's Bournemouth fixture. That that's yeah I, I I wouldn't do it this week either but yeah I think just 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 something to keep in mind we're not we're, you know we won't, be, we won't we won't do a second uh, main feed pod before um, before that Bournemouth match on Sunday so as you're thinking ahead over the next couple of weeks uh, and you're looking to be a little different maybe that that game week uh, 35 away to uh, Bournemouth for Guardia is, is is a way to be different um, all right so that brings us to Wednesday uh, we got four matches on Wednesday they're all I, don't know, I actually kind of like this whole this whole slate of matches. Uh, I mean, Man City Newcastle should be a one-sided, you know, mauling. Uh, uh-huh. Sheffield United Wolves, I think, could be really interesting because Wolves really need to win that match if they want to even, you know, hang on to a possible Champions League spot uh, or, you know, to, or hang on to the possibility of moving to one of those spots. Yeah. Uh, West Ham Burnley, just now that West Ham are like yep. gold machine, West Ham <laughs> can't <laughs> stop getting goals from their defensive midfielder. Um, and then uh, Brighton Liverpool uh, closes out Wednesday. So a lot of interesting matches on Wednesday. Yeah, definitely. I the first team I feel like I want to talk about would be Wolverhampton. I'm trying to see if uh, we've got a question here from Jeff Husby who asks, "What is the forecast now for Wolves assets before the restart? They seemed mandatory. Are they still?" So, uh, Jimenez, I had mentioned, has has been pretty quiet two blanks in a row, and they they faltered uh, quite a bit against Arsenal. I mean, that was a that was a huge match for them to stay in the hunt for the top four. And uh, yeah. with with Leicester winning, with Chelsea and Manchester United looking really good and in form as well, it was just a really bad result. Morally, bad result. And, and, yeah, bad result. Yeah, more, morally, does it get them down? I don't know. So I just think I, I think this is wh- how how I sleep at night is not having tripled up on wolves. I think I'm okay. Just, yeah. just sticking it out with him. And as I think the qual- he's still yeah. quality enough, the the discussion we were having about is Doherty too expensive. Suddenly that one becomes the much more acute discussion for me. Like yeah. him and as I'm fine spending more than 6 million on a wolves defender right now, that's the one that uh, I have more questions about. But then if you were doing a proper game week 34 preview, they're playing against Sheffield United, who do really struggle to score yeah. goals. So I'm just kind of just going to ride my Wolves wave through game week 34. And I'm pretty content to do so. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm basically in the same position. I mean, I, Doherty out is something that I on a wild card, I'd probably just do it. Um, I mean, their defense is good. I mean, they, you know, they only they conceded, you know, two goals. But one of those goals was late when they were, you know, that was that was the classic, the, the classic second second goal late. You know, when yeah. you really your goal is just your hunt for the equalizer. It was, it was I, I feel like it was a little bit against the run of play. I mean, I'm trying to remember exactly how that that goal, uh, you know, broke down. But Lacazette made a really nice turn and, yeah. and and scored on that one. So, yeah. But I mean, at six point three million, I, I it just feels like sometimes he's he's so, such a funny guy, Doherty, because like he, he doesn't seem. Like he he's obviously a hugely talented player, uh, but he like doesn't feel very athletic sometimes. <laughs> like it's like he, he sort of maybe it's just like that he's on the same side of the pitch as Troy or something. But sometimes he looks so um, like he's just like like a he's just like 
like a bull, you know, he's just like charging <laughs> into the box. And yeah. he had some moment on Saturday where like he like went in there and there was a ball and the ball like kind of bounced too high in the air <laughs> and he just sort of watched it. <laughs> yeah. It like it was just like it was not like a um I don't know. Like he just he, he's like a little um he, he's got like a kind of um crude style. You know, there's that, something that about him. Well. I, I think I know what you mean and it's like Darty wished he was playing a different sport, but football <laughs> soccer was the only team that he could get on. So this is the path he chose. It's the DeAndre Yedlin path. Like he was too small to be a, to be like a, a tight end. Running so back. he decided yeah, to play. Yeah. So he decided <laughs> to play um, right back. So I think Doherty is, he, he looks like he, he wants to be playing a different sport talented as he is. Yeah. And Sheffield United, I, I, I was surprised by how many people had Egan. And maybe it was one of those things where it was like a, you know, only eight people started him, but all eight of them, you know, went out and shouted it to the rooftops when he scored that that equalizing goal. That equalizing goal, by the way, as a as a non Pope owner, was humongous. I mean, that was probably the highlight of my weekend. Was uh, was that uh, was that goal from from Egan? Uh, because they have just, I mean, I even though they scored an equalizer, I actually came away from that match even more impressed with Burnley. Like they are just, yeah. What impressed me, which I don't know, I felt like I was like actually like really watching this match today and not like thinking too much about fantasy. And like their wings put so much pressure on on the wide players that like you just you cannot even get into the box. It's like they just like and this is why Pope always gets these bonus points because he catches like a million crosses a game <laughs> because these guys have nowhere to go. They get yeah. forced, you know, they get they get stuck in the channels and then they're like, well. I guess I'm going to send one in, you know, and like hope I get lucky. And so they just float these balls in and the super tall keeper just like grabs them like yeah. again and again and again. Thank you yeah, for saying something negative about Pope and following it up with um, some incisive, positive, intelligent analysis. Because I'm with our friend James <laughs> Quiralt, who uh-huh. sick and tired of being a Pope owner and going onto Twitter and just having a bunch of people on there being like, yeah, screw you, Pope owners. Clean sheet. Yes, yeah, screw you. Yeah, you deserve oh, that. Well, well, come on. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. But, uh, but no. I mean, I. You know, there's a there's a fun way to do it. You know. Uh, but yes, I think uh, you deserve that. Is is like the worst of all Twitter, politics, yeah. sports, you name it. Uh, no, I mean, I, they're obviously a really good defensive team. I mean, you know, for me, I try to look at it all through the lens of my own silly mistake. There's nothing wrong. You know, Pope was obviously a, a great uh, pick for any for the 20.4 percent of all managers yeah. who have them in their team. But I, I just really am impressed with their system. And, you know, and, and you think about that and it's like, it wasn't even like they're like starting guys necessarily. Right. You didn't have Ben me, um, you know, you didn't have Matt Loughton, um, some of their, you know, the kind of their core midfielders, a lot of those players were, were gone as well. Hendrick Goodmanson finally made the bench today. Um, so, I mean, it's just like, it's like a real credit to their system, you know, yeah. that they just like, you can kind of plug anyone in and they're still yeah. really hard to beat. So Burnley looked good. We do need to talk quickly about West Ham. And we have a question from Jeff Waugh, who asked uh, Suchek for the fifth midfielder spot, scored in back-to-back matches. And scored in back-to-back matches for Suchek is kind of an understatement because he kind of scored two two goals in game week 32. One was ruled off for a minor offside, and he followed it up by scoring another. He got a number of chances as well in game week 33. He's looking sensational so yeah. i feel i'm going game at 31 so he's fallen the back of the net four times in three matches it's it, it, it it's scorching red hot for him so we're kind of net neutral on sheffield united wolves just stay the course there however you've played it 
Burnley, West Ham feels like the same, but the temptation yeah. to start moving in on West Ham assets, I, I just I'm not I'm not feeling it in particular. How much to, how well, much is Suchek? I mean, the, he's uh, four point uh, four point eight. So I mean, he is cheap. You know, I mean, like he he's a, he's an ena- it's an enabler price. He's point one percent owned. The thing about him is weird. Is I mean, he's like a defensive midfielder. So this like this like he's not like a you know I mean, maybe he's playing a little out of position right now. I think that must be what's happening for him to have this many chances. But, well, it's all it's all on set pieces. Yeah. I think he's just good at finding space on corner kicks and indirect yeah. set pieces. That's where I see a lot of his chances coming from. Yeah. So yeah, he's I mean, that's how he's creeping forward. I was confused because I was like, uh, I, I, I didn't, you know, I just didn't know anything about Suchek. You know, I, I just don't follow. I haven't followed his career the last few years, Brandon. But I, uh, you know, I was like, well, did they like buy a forward uh, in January? And I just kind of forgot about it. But no, it's just, it's just a midfielder who's in like incredible form right now. But yeah, I mean, four points are West Ham, and they they needed all of them. I mean, like I, I, the Antonio thing is interesting. I think we have to at least consider possibly starting to think about maybe one day having Antonio on our teams. How's Mm -hmm. that for a a hedge? Okay. So we were, we were railing against Norwich and Watford earlier. West Ham host, uh, have Burnley in 34 and that's followed up by Norwich and then Watford. Mm -hmm. So Antonio's Mm -hmm. got the run at some really appalling defense in 35 and 36 so yeah, yeah, Suchek and Antonio are pretty decent targets for the for the midterm. Once you get to thirty seven, they're facing Manchester United, but either play them or bench them because they've got their game week thirty eight match against Aston Villa. Who, yeah, you know, would you predict they'll be relegated by then? And and West Ham can just kind of have a victory lap by the virtue hard, of them being yeah. safe. It's hard to say. I mean, you I know, mean, West Ham are only four points ahead right now too. So. You know, especially you know if, if Aston Villa can can just rip up a, like even a win or two, then it, it really will be an interesting race um, because Watford at the at the moment are, are ahead of, of Aston Villa. But I mean, speaking personally, I, I would just be stunned if Aston Villa finished below Watford on the season. I you know I don't know like it's a it's like all like a, those five teams are not so hot, Brandon. It's it's a real like uh, it's a messy one this year. Uh, <laughs> those bottom five. All right, shall we talk about these other two fixtures that are captainable fixtures? You're you're always cheating captainable fixtures for Game Week 34, Man City hosting mm-hmm. Newcastle and Brighton hosting Liverpool. First question comes from AJ. Does the Manchester City performance today scare you from buying them? Also, Vlad Bogos wants to talk about Gabriel Jesus. What should Gabriel Jesus be worth in FPL based on the current season? Now, yeah. Jesus, he's he's got 10 goals on the season, but he is in woeful form. He's scored like maybe one goal in this calendar year, maybe two in this calendar year yeah. for City. Yeah, uh, in the game today, I felt like the whole focus was on trying to get him a goal to bring his confidence back. I mean, there were moments where I feel like there was a moment where Bernardo Silva basically passed up like an open net uh, just so he could feed Jesus the ball to get him a goal. So I don't know if that's like with the Champions League in mind, if they needed like it felt like they it just it was a weird performance from City today. Like it was uh, I mean, to AJ's question, it was not a normal performance. It felt like. Um, I felt like Pep was trying some things out or something like I, you know, they, they, he subbed in, he subbed off Mares and Sterling in the 58th minute and brought on KDB and Foden. 
which is like fine as a substitute, but like they, they did, they, they actually played worse uh, once, once KDB and Foden came on, it was not an improvement uh, in their play. And so <laughs> those are just weird moves that you wouldn't necessarily make anyway. I mean, to keep Silva on for all 90, the bull Silva was really neither one of the play. Steven Silva played okay, um, but he just didn't really, um, it wasn't as incisive, you know, it was not a vintage David Silva performance. And so it just felt, it was a little bit like everyone's going to get a turn. Everyone's going to get 90, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't feel like a normal, like if this were game week 33 in a non COVID season, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I think it, that's the match day would look a lot different. So I mean, but we are, we are where we are. So, um, yeah, it didn't scare me out from buying them, but it was annoying. Uh, it was annoying to have, uh, the KDB benching was fine. Like we knew that was coming. Uh, the Mares 50th minute thing was like, yeah, it was a little, a little annoying. I felt like he was a little peripheral and, um, but I think with Mars and KDB together, I think uh, um, you'll see a lot more magic. And so I, I'm going to I'm going to keep them both for the for Wednesday for sure. If you had never watched Manchester City play or knew anything about their lineup except for their their first choice striker Aguero was out for the season, therefore they had to play Gabriel Jesus. You were watching yeah. City the last two game weeks. What would you guess as a fantasy manager that Jesus's price was? <laughs> Factoring in the team, sure, um, it's gonna it's a naturally yeah, expensive yeah. team. So I feel like be, yeah, the starting price has got to be at least right. six point yeah. five, right? Yeah, let's say I don't know eight. I mean, he, he's got what ten goals in the season. That's not very many. Like ten goals for a Man City forward, it, he should have more than that. Even even though he's not a consistent starter, ten seems that's crazy low. Danny Ings uh, is uh, eating your lunch, Jesus. Come on, get with the program. Double up. And Danny, Danny Ings looks so much better than him today, too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of players who are going to cost eight million next year, at least. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I, he had a moment Ings where I, I actually don't know if he had a great shooting, like a scoring chance, but he actually almost he should have had an assist uh, late in the match. Um, Ederson had probably his best save um, late on in that one, but yeah. Ings looks so good, so dangerous. Neither of us have him right now. Are you? Are you, are you feeling nervous about that? Are you? Is that is that like a you know a, a, something you want to fix at some point? No, I just, I don't, well, I think I want to fix it in a bit after the Manchester United fixture, but why? I don't know. Ings is there when I need him. I don't feel overly exposed for not Mm -hmm. having him. I think the fixtures were well and truly in Southampton's favor when Ings was just ripping us apart for the first couple of weeks for the restart. I think even if the odds of him scoring against Everton and Manchester United are decent enough. I don't feel like I'm going to drop down in my mini league and my uh, overall rank for not having him until maybe we get to the run in, which is Brighton, Bournemouth and Sheffield free hit chip, right? I feel yeah. like I'm going to have him one, one of these final five game weeks when I'm playing <laughs> a free hit, then I'm going to have him, but I'm kind of with you. His price point is, is a kind of a tricky one. Um, I, I mean, the, I guess the, the consideration would be, and maybe this happens in 36 is, you know, Marcus Rashford is starting to feel like maybe, maybe he's not quite worth, um, whatever he costs, right. 8.5 million or whatever it is. And like, maybe he's getting a little too high. And I guess we can go right into the, um, the man, you know, Oh, no, actually, no, that's a, that, those are Thursday questions, Brandon. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's table man United for one second. Um, the dark Lord, uh, says, can we give a shout out for differential Miguel Almiron? Sure. Why not? Think, he's, yeah, he's yeah. having a really good season. He's finally found his, his scoring boots. 
I mean, I, uh, there have been worse teams that have beaten city this season than Newcastle. You know, I'm looking at you Norwich. So if, if you like Almiron for the run in, I wouldn't be scared about bringing him in against Manchester city. Honestly. No, I mean, Newcastle are almost top of the top half of the table now. It's crazy. I saw Um, some stack that Manchester city are actually closer to the bottom half of the table than they are to Liverpool in points. It's like 23 points separate them in Liverpool and 22 points separate them from the bottom half of the table. Wow. That is, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because that, and of course they had a, a nice tidy, you know, two nil win today and it's sort of, um, and, and Man City lost, right? And I was like, that, that Man, Man City win was so big on, on Thursday that it's sort of like, just it had like a weird effect on the whole season. You're like, well, how good are Liverpool? You know, it was like, it was like, it's just a weird, um, I don't, I don't know if you felt that way at all either, but I was just like, well, like what, what, what just happened? You know, it was so one-sided and I guess it was just that one team was just not, they were just so happy to win. Maybe they didn't have the edge, you know, that day, but. Well, that, that's the big um, concern with all sports coming back in this time is what, how do we rank what we're seeing right now? And if you're talking about champions, it's a real shame for Liverpool because they were having one of the best seasons the Premier League has ever seen. And now yeah. we have to talk about it in these really um, strange, awkward terms of this. And then, the yeah, I, I'm yeah. kind of with you that City result, which was the, the largest uh, defeat of any club having clinched the title has ever received in the Premier League or something. Is that right? Effect. Yeah. Oh. I think three yeah. nil was the biggest, uh, or maybe Arsenal had received a four nil against Liverpool gotcha. a while back. Anyhow, of course, of course Arsenal <laughs> had one of those. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, but of course, like not to be like completely cliche here, but that's, that's why you play 38 weeks, right? It's like totally. everyone can yeah. have like one, you know, one terrible day. And, um, I always think of that, uh, when Man United, I think it was, was it, was it Ferguson's last game where they, it was a five, five match with yeah, yeah, against, uh, Lukaku yeah. scored a hat trick mm-hmm. and that kind of set yeah. Lukaku's champions league, uh, uh, yeah. passion of a flame. Huh? That, yep, was a, that yep, was a very yep. awkward sort of uh, poetic I knew what way you meant to say that. that. <laughs> yeah, he went right to Chelsea. Yeah, went back to Chelsea this season. So, but speaking of Liverpool, Jeff Petter says, are Liverpool assets done or was it just a stout bill of defense today? I mean, you know, Liverpool, I mean, first of all, let's, we, we got to break up Liverpool, right? Because there's the defensive assets and there is the, um, and then there are the attacking assets. And I think that uh-huh. my opinion is that the defensive assets are still fine. Uh, Trent's not going anywhere for me. Uh, attacking though, I'm, I'm a little, you know, Swat says most solid is it time to spread the funds elsewhere. Madison says, if so, who to bring in with all the extra money, uh, with your own team or just, you know, speaking in general, what are your, what is your thinking right now when it comes to Liverpool, you know, attacking assets? I'm like trying not to think about it. <laughs> uh, this, this is not the first time this has happened with Salah in particular, or I think with the Liverpool attack, they, they have been known to have dry spells. This is always the. Mm-hmm. I remember earlier this season, I tried to off my wild card, get away with going without Liverpool, and I think that kind of undercut my whole game plan um, very early on in the season. And because they do yeah. have a tendency to look like they're quiet and then suddenly um, break out of that spell, you, you kind of have that. As we were saying, the added layer of now are they on the beach because of they've they've clinched the title. I just. I'm not, for whatever reason, not fully convinced of that. 
and it's like sell Sala, but sell him. Yeah. Sell him for who? There are lots of options, yeah. obviously, but I just don't think anyone is still better than him. There are players that I think you could argue are as, as good as Sala at the moment. Um, I mean, he, he had a blank against City. He's come back with an assist. He's he's playing mm-hmm. every minute. Uh, I get the sense yeah. that he'll continue. I mean, I can't I can't predict who how many matches he has left to, to start, but I still think he's going to get valuable minutes. Brighton and Burnley and Arsenal. I will keep him at least through that Arsenal fixture, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, when you, when you talk about edges, um, I think that going without him might be might be a move to consider. I mean, you, you have to think he's going to rest one of the next two, right? He's played uh, 90 minutes on uh, every, every match so far and played 90 on Thursday, played 90 today, you know, has not been subbed. He has not even been subbed early once, right? And they, they really don't have anything to play for. And so... Um, you know, and Klopp has come out. He's actually been sort of contradictory. He came out mm-hmm. initially and said um, everyone's going to play, and then he came out again and said we're not we're not going to go easy to anybody. Um, but surely uh, there will be a little more. I mean, you actually, I mean, you did see it today. It just it just didn't happen with Salon Mane, right? I mean, Firmino was rested, and uh, Oxlade Chamberlain got a start and played very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I don't really know. I mean, maybe 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 you know, it could be that Salon Mane are just kind of. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they, they start virtually every match, but okay. So there's, there's kind of two different questions here. I mean, one is, um, you know, is it still reasonable to expect them to do well? And the answer to that is clearly yes. The question is, you know, could you take that money, you know, could you go from Sal all the way down to somebody like Phil Foden and possibly replicate Sal's returns? And, you know, but the, you wouldn't even have to, right? Because you just have to get kind of close. And if you got kind of close, then you would have an extra 7 million that you could use to upgrade every other spot in your team. Mm-hmm. And the question is, could that, you know, could all of those, I mean, you really can't do this because you're not enough transfers, but like, even if you just did it one other spot, right? Like maybe you like, you could solid a Foden and then you go all the way up to Harry Kane, right? And you just go like full on, like, I'm going to go for it with these big attacking assets like that is a strategy it may not be the one that i use but it is like if you want if you're trying to make up 42 points in your mini (laughs) league you have to think you have to at least be open to the possibility of this because otherwise you're just like well i can't drop Sally's too good i can't drop you know kdb is too good i can't drop x because they're too good and then you just you're going to finish exactly where you are right now 42 points behind first you know it's like it's just it's a sure way to to end to end exactly where you started you know so i don't talk about you i just mean you know in general here's a way to look at it you can't you can't drop sala for foden because i think okay one one could say you can't drop sala for foden because you will you will never captain foden you why would you drop a captainable asset to bring in a non-captainable asset then the counter argument to that is why do you need Sala as a captainable asset? Because you could make the easy argument that transitions mm-hmm. us to Thursday of why aren't you just captaining Manchester United players for the rest of the season yeah. and and be done with it? Or or maybe yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. So it's kind of like, do you need Liverpool midfield coverage or not? Well, um, <laughs> you may not just by virtue of the fact that you, you're going to be less inclined to captain Liverpool mids if this sort of muted form continues, even if they tick along, you may not be captaining them. And that kind of, that pushes me more in the direction of maybe I could do something else with my team with that solid money. 
Yeah, I, I like that. I like that thing. It's actually, there's a question in the wild card about that too, that we can get to um, in a little bit. So I think that covers us on Wednesday. Uh, let's move on to Thursday. Uh, three matches, kind of a interesting mix of matches. Um, I guess I, I feel like I just say this every time I look at the matches, but uh, Bo- Bournemouth Spurs. Okay, that's not that one's not very interesting. Uh, Everton Southampton, a great mid mid table clash, and uh, Aston Villa. Uh, I don't know why I said mid twice, uh, and then Aston Villa Man United, which could be fun. I think that could be a fun match. I think mm-hmm. that could be interesting. Aston Villa have to they have to win at least one of these matches. Uh, you know, <laughs> do they? They're like they're like. They're like four points away. If they just got four more points, yeah. I feel like they're going to be safe. Like if they're going to be able to stay up on like 35 points this year. So a couple questions. Boston Prof says, which three Man United assets do you want regardless of price? Uh, as Greenwood making a strong case to be one of them. So um, what do you think, Brandon? <laughs> I mean, Greenwood looked phenomenal against Bournemouth. Uh, what is interesting to me about Greenwood is – he's got a tremendous left foot and you've really, you, you've seen it in, in, on occasion leading up to this restart and the last two game weeks, he's just fully unleashed that left foot and you can see why he is, um, why he's getting more minutes. He looks great. And on top of that, his movement seems to be really, um, helped by the current formation, the current lineup that Manchester United has. For whatever reason, there is a flow. There's like, you know, in basketball, you've got the three-man weave where you like pass the ball and then your guy overlaps and the other guy passes the ball. And it looks like Mm -hmm. at at points, Bruno and Rashford and Martial and Greenwood are doing this variation of a basketball three-man weave. And ultimately, somebody gets the space to lash the shot and and it and it happens yeah and yeah i guess the way the way his form is i I, only does only just seems like mr nice guy so i don't see why Mm -hmm. he would say to to poor old little greenwood you can't you can't start this next game i feel like his minutes are getting more and more secure as they go and it's really helped by the fact that only is you're like i don't know bruno rashford have been playing lots of minutes and only subs them right at the precise time to alleviate (laughs) all fantasy managers concerns. So, and, and you talk about teams that aren't on the beach teams that are pushing and, and as good as United look, they still need to cover a certain degree of points to secure champions league football. You see, if we're looking at the table, they're on 55 points and it's Chelsea ahead of them by two and Leicester by three. And, you know, Chelsea have really good fixtures, Coming up, uh, it's every mm-hmm. point is going to count, and I think United are going to field this strong lineup. And if it's working with Greenwood, so the, so which brings me to where I am personally with all of this. I already have three United assets, and that's Rashford and Bruno and Harry Maguire, uh, the the mm-hmm. statue himself, Mister Harry Maguire, <laughs> um, yeah, Mister Nutmeg. I'm not ready to bail on Maguire just yet, not because I'm here to tell you that he's underrated or overrated. He's been good. Yeah, he's been fine. He's been totally fine. And, you know, he's he's good for a corner kick, the the big old slab head. My plan right now is to is to expect Maguire to at least neutralize Greenwood with FPL points, if not best, okay. if United can keep some clean sheets rolling in. So 
if I were to have any three assets, I think I would go Bruno, Martial, and Rashford. Just go for the all-out heavy-hitting attacking players. But Greenwood, like I was saying, is great, and he opens up so much money. Yeah, half the price. I, I just think from a value perspective, I have, he's now 4.5. I got him at 4.4. I mean, even if he doesn't start every single one of these matches on the stretch, they don't have a bad match to end the season. You know, Villa, Southampton, Palace, West. I mean, it's like, I guess, Leicester away, game week 38. Not a great match. Everything else, excellent match. I, I just feel like he's in form at that price. It's like you said, it's just it just opens up so many things. And I, I actually even think a Rashford to Greenwood transfer would be uh, would be reasonable. And uh, for me, as much as I have badmouthed him on uh, virtually every podcast we've done the last uh, three or four seasons, uh, I would I would have to swallow my pride. And if I was wildcard right now, I would have Greenwood, Fernandez, and Martial. I would bring in my, my arch nemesis, yeah. Anthony Martial. I mean, 15 goals, five assists, uh, 8 million player uh, in, you know, great goal scoring form and eight, you know 15 goals from a from a 8 million midfielder that's that's an insane return it's you know it's great it's it, it, so it's also great value you know as well and so i mean you know all three of those players i think are are in form and really valuable and they only cost a cumulative you know 21 million or something like that so um what's your yeah, hesitancy yeah. with Marcus Rashford who is the most highly owned of those players, except for Bruno, who is now over 25% well, just, owned. Yeah. I mean, I just, I've watched every minute of every one of these matches since the restart and he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't, I mean, I, you know, I rank him. Okay. I, I would rank him a little bit above Greenwood for sure. And he's a more reliable player, but I mean, you know, he's only scored one goal during that stretch and that goal was, was, you know, was a penalty. Um, has He's missed a bunch of chances. He does not look, you know, nearly as lethal as he did, you know, before his injury. And um, I don't know, he just, you know, I feel like, you know, because you, if you can only have three, you know, it's an, unlike um, our beloved German Bundesliga fantasy, Brandon, you can't have <laughs> <laughs> four, five, ten yeah. players from a team. Uh, I would have four if I could. I'd probably have five. I'd have a, I'd have a yeah. defender too. Uh, so just in terms of ranking, you know, yeah. just by value and price, that that's, that's how I would do it. I mean, I think it's an interesting case with Rashford because, I, I do agree. I think he's looked fairly sloppy and reckless with the ball. It's he's got a case of the tryhards at the moment. Like he's mm-hmm. he's running hard at everything. You know, he's trying to take the ball into good positions, but he's losing the ball a lot. And I think he's you just wonder like, is he one match away from getting some yeah. of that Rashford magic back? I don't know. Totally. Yeah. I mean, cause it's like, I mean, this is like, probably it's going to sound hypocritical, but like, I think he's a reasonable captain shop for game week 34, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, cause for that same reason, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I just think, um, I just think if I were ranking them, I would put him fourth. Um, that that's the only, and you know, and, and it's not like I think Greenwood, I mean, Greenwood may end up being a better, I mean, who, I mean, like, like you said, I mean, for Greenwood to score from both feet and, to move around the pitch like that. I mean, he feel, what is he like 18 years old? Like it's, it's crazy how, how good he looks. Uh, so that Definitely. whole team is like all of a sudden, like they're like a, they're like the most fun team to watch. It's like a crazy, like it all started with Bruno and like, just all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm. if I had to pick any, any match to watch of these, of these 10, this midweek, I'd probably pick theirs just cause mm-hmm. I like watching them play so much right now. Okay, so let's talk quickly about Spurs because Spurs have a great matchup against Bournemouth, who are, you know, definite yeah. whipping boy candidates at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's the it this, this is the case of did did you hang on to your Spurs assets? Because if you did, then good for you. If you still have Hungman's son, then you may want to captain him this week. Does yeah? Would a son captaincy be in your mind if you had three Manchester United attackers plus son? Probably not. No, in fact, in De Bruyne and maybe you know Sterling or Mares or something like that. Foden even. Um, get no, to get I, out of here with your Foden captaincy. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, you're just not bold enough sometimes. You know, Foden, Foden triple cap. He's going to start, right? He's going to, he, he's almost certainly going to start. By the way, did you see that, um, that Steve Bruce came out and said, um, I don't think I can start say maximum, um, on Wednesday. I just think that he's, he's played too many minutes already. And, uh, uh I didn't see um, that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you have like a, in like kind of like a pretty beat Isaac Hayden's now out too. So you have kind of a beat up Newcastle team, Playing Man City at home, he's almost certainly going to start. He's looked incredible when he started. Um, you know, short samples, you know, small sample size, obviously. But I'm, I'm not going to captain Foden. I'm just saying, like it's you know, <laughs> be bold, be bold, <laughs> it's <a> everyone. Possibility, <laughs> yeah, it's a possibility. No, and I, I had the same thing. Like as as people started drafting Foden in over the last few weeks, like if you do, if you're bold enough to bring Foden in, you have to be bold enough to play him. You can't put him on your bench. Uh, it just can't be done unless there's a there's like a leaked team sheet or not. No, the whole I totally agree. Just just play him every time, and he. I mean, you know, he scored he scored goals off the bench too. It's not like uh, I mean, you know, I think Man City at home in particular have just been just lethal um, mm-hmm. since the restart. So yeah. Yeah. So we haven't really talked about captains yet. I mean, do you have, and, and, and as far as Spurs go, I mean, to answer your question, I, I just feel like I, I want to see how they look tomorrow. I feel like I don't really have a beat on them um, mm-hmm. since the restart. And um, so I'm going to, I'm going to table my answer until, until tomorrow. But uh, who are you, who are you captaining right now? Like who's your, who's your pick? Sure. If I look at my bus team, I've got Bruno Fernandez with the armband and the vices on Marcus Rashford. Now, um, I set this bus team before knowing that De Bruyne started from the bench against Southampton. Mm-hmm. So secure to start. And, you know, given what you were just saying about Newcastle, De Bruyne is on the bubble now for me for consideration. Apart from that, like, yeah. uh, like I was saying, Chelsea is off the table for me. Jimenez, he could, you know, he could continue to struggle against a, a stout defense like Sheffield United's. So... Yeah, that's where I am. I th- Bruno Bruno feels really good. If you're looking at the penalty rotation between Bruno and Rashford, uh, possession yeah. arrow favors Bruno. He gets the next PK. So that's an added level of security with him getting the armband over Marcus Rashford. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really I'm really uh, debating between De Bruyne and Fernandez right now too. Um, De Bruyne is, is where I've got it on right now, and. To me, it's it's kind of a classic. Like we were talking about earlier, it's like just I, I don't. I, I wish I could like pull all the managers above me in my various mini leagues and ask them who they were captaining. <laughs> because if they were all if they were all going Fernandez, I want to go to Bruyne. If they're all going to Bruyne, I want to go Fernandez. I, I think they're both excellent picks. Um, and De Bruyne after a rest, home to Newcastle. Um, it kind of feels like the obvious choice, but at the same time, I mean, Fernandez has you know twenty eight points in his last two matches, three goals and two assists. Uh, looks amazing. He's on everything. He's on set pieces. So I, I mean, you know, sometimes there's no great answer. Sometimes they're both, you know, perfectly valid picks and, and there's just, you know, you just kind of have to flip a coin a little bit. So that, that may be where we are, you know, with those two, um, you know, if I want to be a little different then yeah, I think, uh, my boy Foden, Brandon would be my, my pick. 
Foden. I like it. <laughs> Be bold, everyone. Be bold. All right, let's take a break. We'll get back, and uh, we have a couple lightning round questions. There is no shortage of action going on on our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer slash football matches. And if you need it even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their websites. Brandon, I hope we get NBA. I, the news coming out is a little scary right now, so uh, we'll see. Orlando's not a great place to be. Fingers crossed. Uh, it's moment, yep. Uh, looking for something other than, other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE, that's BLUEWIRE with uh, no space in between, for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, Brian, we're back with a short lightning round this week. We talked about this a little bit already, but just to just to wrap the discussion, Matthew Holiday says, do you think that the captaincy for the rest of the season is as simple as switching between a city and Man United asset, depending on who is at home? And if the answer is yes, what are the implications of this, particularly with Salah and Mane? Yeah, definitely feel like we covered this some in our Liverpool discussion and that Salah and Mane could be on the chopping block simply because we won't be captaining them because i agree mm-hmm. matthew captaining manchester united and manchester manchester city assets are really that's really enticing and uh for the rest of the season manchester united as you said josh they don't have a bad fixture through game week 38 uh a non maybe leicester is the one non-captainable fixture so the implications are scary Let's be clear. They are scary <laughs> to get rid of your Liverpool uh-huh. comfort blanket. I, that's not going to be for everybody. But I think I am still in this camp of I don't see the armband really drifting toward Liverpool anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because he's the second highest. You know, he, he scored the second most points of anybody in fantasy this season. So it's not like he's uh, uh, it's not something you just sort of blithely um Say yeah, you know you can go without him. Like it'll be fine because we're not going to captain him. Like he, he's still going to he, he's still the potential to rack up a ton of points. You know whether he's your captain player or not. Uh, but yeah, I mean looking at the fixtures, ugh, it's just it's just it's just tricky. Uh, you know I think that um, I, I, it's kind of true. I mean I the the question is you know if you have all this extra money, are you going to use it? You know it does is it actually going to lead to a bunch of upgrades or are you just going to like if I just move solid to Foden? Like I need to have a plan for where that money's going to go. Now, you know, one way to do that would be if I if I try if I tried to pull off this Salah Foden punt and uh, um, and then I turned Greenwood into Terry Kane or something. You know, it's like there's like all these like weird variations that you can do. You know, so but I think yeah, just in in a vacuum, he still seems like he's worth owning. Probably the same with Mane. I mean, Mane is weird because he looked looked really good at home to Palace and really good at home to Villa. And he felt like, like it was completely indifferent in the Man City match. It felt like he just sort of drifted through that whole match. So um, there's long been the story with Mane is that he's more of a home player than an away player. Yeah. Uh, less so this season a little bit. So I don't know if we answer that conclusively. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, I think the, the moral of the story is, is truthfully we have to we have to continue to grapple with Liverpool because the temptation to captain them is less and less and and, and what are the implications? So that story is gonna unfurl yeah. over the over the coming weeks. Next question comes yeah. from Oscar Giver, 
I hope I pronounced that right, Oscar. Question is, best strategy for remaining weeks if overall rank uh, has almost doubled since the restart from 100K to 200K? So was it Benno at the start of our podcast that said maybe we just need to keep calm and carry on? Is the advice for Oscar, you know, you can definitely bounce back to where you were 100K in, I mean, I, I hesitate to say one game week, but definitely two game weeks you play the next two game weeks right and you get some luck in your favor you're gonna find yourself right back at 100k again yeah um i mean it just sort of depends on what your goals are you know i mean do you want to do you want to finish uh 100k you know because if that's if that's the case then you can play pretty sensibly and probably make up twenty thousand each game week and end up there um or is the goal to win a mini league you know or crack the top 100k i mean you know because some people don't want the risk of falling into like the 400k spot, right? I mean, yeah, if you want to get from 200k to 100k, you've got to take some risk. You know, if you want to do it right away, like you've got to go from. Uh, I, I keep bringing up Harry Kane, but it's like I mean, you know, Kane is going to play away at Bournemouth in four days. You know, like I mean, you want to like be different, like you know, I mean, he can score a hat trick easily in that match, right? So sure. you know, I think you have to like you have to sort of open your brain up to other transfers and other captaincy decisions and, and sort of, um, yeah, I mean, if you, if your team just, I mean, like I see a lot of teams where I feel like I've got eight of the same 11 players. Like if you've got eight of the same 11 players as everybody else, you're not going to be able to do more than like an eight or 10 K rank jump any, any one game week, uh, which is fine if we're talking about game week one. Um, but down the stretch here, um, you know, it's just whether you want whether you want to risk tumbling, you know, into the 400 thousands or something, if it, if it all goes to hell. Um, which, you know, easy to say, yeah, that's fine, but it actually doesn't feel very good, uh, when it happens, you know? So, Uh so, you know, it is, it is tricky. All right. Why don't you take the next question, Josh? Sure. Uh, FPL Jamo says for someone who's frustratingly got the wrong captaincy choice between Bruno and Sal LaRong three weeks in a row, I'm wondering what method slash subtle clue I could have used to make the right choice. It can't be down to pure chance. Can it? Ah, Jamo. <laughs> I'm afraid to say sure that it, it can can be down to chance. Um, that the I think the challenge with this with the restart, it's like the start of any season. It's like we have to accumulate more knowledge as we go. The thing that I love about the end of the season is the decisions become easier because I I know so much about the season, and then all of that yeah. knowledge is gone. Uh, we have to yeah. start again. And reset all of our assumptions at the start of the season. And I think that this restart has been frustrating for a lot of managers because it's been subject to a little more chance. There are a few more variables. I mean, especially Liverpool chasing the title and uh, clinching and and other teams wondering if they're on the beach and what they're playing for and so on. So there's like so much wrapped up in these captaincy decisions. I think it makes it easier to to overthink it and get it wrong. is is there yeah. a subtle clue? I think the subtle clues now are you can see the form in which Manchester United are in. And I think that's kind of like I'm I'm feeling that's all I need to know. That's the only clue that I need. Yeah. It's giving me that confidence. There's always like a little bit of art and psychology too, right? Because I mean, you know, like my I, I really did very seriously think about Bruno and I, I yeah, I sort of I think I let psychology get the best of me. I sort of had this thought. Well, it was, it was a mix of two things, right? I mean, I think there was a strategic consideration too, which was uh, Matt Target is out and Liverpool just 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Liverpool are very good at home, just in general, right? They they beat up bad teams at home for fun, and uh, much like Man City, um, and and Man United of late. Um, and so it was, you know, bad loss. Um, they had plenty of rest. Uh, there was no reason to think that Salah would start the match. They were going up against a backup left back and Matt Target, you know, and it's, it's kind of like a beat up team. Um, and and they were trying to, you know, I just thought they would come out and like really stomp on on Villa. And yeah. um, so, you know, I mean, so like, yeah, it's a, I mean, to go back to Jamma's question, I, I do think that um, there's an element of chance to it. I think that's I think that's fine. I mean, I think that, you know, it's like a. Um, you just have to like, you know, you have to trust your own process and, you know, like trust your decisions that you made, you know, like just, just trust, you know, like that you didn't, I mean, you know, some people just make it like totally unfeel like he's due or whatever, but like, you know, I feel like if you just made like a reasonably smart strategic decision and it didn't go your way, you know, you can't be too results oriented with this stuff, you know, cause it'll just drive you crazy. Um, like feeling like you like miss some subtle clue as, as Jim would say, you know, it's like, no, it's just like, it's just like sometimes, I mean, I, you know, I think like Salah at home in this match was like triple captain worthy. <laughs> like this was a match where I really thought that he could uh, do well. I thought he looked super hungry going into like in that, in that uh, Man City match. And I thought that would translate into this one. And so, you know, so I, I think there is just a little bit of luck involved. Of course there is because it's hard to score a goal. Hello, Mr. Police. I gave you all the clues. That's uh, J-Mo's going to find that on a post-it note somewhere under his bed, I think, in the, in the next <laughs> week. All right, last question of the lightning round comes from Matthew Hall, who wants to know, best goalkeeper from now until the end of the season? For me, yeah, I think the answer is, is quite straightforward. It's whichever goalkeeper you currently have. <laughs> That's a good one. Um I guess you could consider Ederson if that was something that you were to have the stomach for, you know? Um, I mean, or if you, if you didn't feel like you needed three man city attacking assets, I mean, they play Newcastle, Brighton, Bournemouth, Watford and Norwich to end the season. I it wouldn't be surprising if they kept clean sheet all five of those matches. So, and actually, you know, it's interesting. We had a couple of questions that I didn't include in here cause they didn't really fit, but, but what to do with your extra money. And if you, you know, feel like you like your team, fairly well and you have extra money then maybe consider an Ederson transfer because um it's it's a really good run of fixtures coming up yeah i like yeah. that yeah and i think pope too i mean just pope is like a it doesn't really matter who they play like he's just going to be tough to score on in any situation yeah they've got uh it gets dicey for them in 35 and 36 with liverpool and wolves but he's, he's still capable of you know getting you some some save points i agree but foster You've got to be feeling good about the upcoming run for Foster. Let's see, Watford have Norwich, Newcastle, West Ham until they hit City in game week 37. So you can you can kind of stay the course yeah. with Ben Foster for three more game weeks, right? <laughs> I don't know. I guess so. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to make a goalkeeper transfer when he plays Norwich, Newcastle, and West Ham. But I don't know. I mean, and I don't think I'm going to play a, a free hit uh, in the next three. So... Um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, you know, I don't know. Like, who knows? Like game week 37 feels, I guess, it's, I guess game week 37 is in like a week and a half or something, but it feels like very far away right now. So, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll cross that <laughs> bridge. Insane. Uh, when, That's when so I, insane. It, this is, right? this, it's is, like two this weeks. is coming yeah, fast yeah. and furious, buddy. It really is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I, I think your, your answer, um, is actually right, which is keep the one you have. If you have extra money and, uh, you're on a wild card or something. Um, consider Ederson. 
Yep, yep, exactly. I mean, and David De Gea is kind of off the table for all of the praise yeah. we've been showering the Manchester United attack with. You just it, it just seems a little silly to to spend that money yeah. on De Gea instead of somebody like Greenwood or, or Martial. Yeah, I agree. Aaron Wamasaka, by the way, is not getting enough credit on this podcast. He has looked way better in this kind of reformatted Man United team. Much more dangerous. Yeah, much more attacking, for sure. I agree. Okay, that's it. That's your pod, Brandon. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Once again, if you'd like to support the cheaters uh, and get lots of uh, free stuff, I guess it's not really free because you're supporting us, but uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to learn more and sign up. Uh, if you don't feel like doing that, you can also just go to uh, the iTunes store and give us a, a five-star review. And if you're so inclined, a rating. Uh, Brandon, before we sign off, can you say thank you to our always cheating Patreon producers oh i do love this part of the show josh thank you to our esteemed producers trevor ingerson mike DePietro, chris howell andy penn martin savage brian t the big gaffer bobis coon jeff husby ben grant james holland jazz binning dave wagner lodal nick wright jim payne brian chin blur jacobson frederick kian gransky travis west alan creasy victor vorberg skoging Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lalang, Peter Bodectel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy, Brandon B., Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, and James Hurd. Uh, yes, and for all this information and more, including the Always Cheating Shop, find us at alwayscheating.com. Beautiful. Thanks for listening. Good luck on Tuesday. Bye. Poku forever. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.